Eve's good history A little touch of mystery With lots of hilarity It's Adderall Welcome to Adderall The Heaps Good History Podcast Where every week Yes, that's right, you heard correctly We are now a weekly podcast My mate Dan That's me, sorry Tells a story to me, Tom About South Australia's Unique and often hilarious history. Dan is a born and bred South Australian with a wealth of local knowledge. And I moved here in 2003 and I bring a touch of the outsider's perspective. Great read, Tom. Well done. Yeah, that only took took about six attempts. That took a couple of takes. Tom's like, oh, can I take the lead on this one? I'm like, sure you can, buddy. And, you know, um, night's over, essentially. Anyway, yeah. that's most exciting news, first and foremost. Yes, due to unpopular demand, we are now a weekly podcast. Sensational. We're probably not going to have a full Adelaide episode every week, so what are we going to do instead? Dan? Well, stay tuned next week and you'll find out. I think we're going to release them every Thursday is the plan. Thursday seems to be our goer. Yep. Uh, release on a Thursday, so you can listen to your Friday commute. Um, but yeah, you'll hear a little something special next week and that will kind of form the basis of what... Adelol Enterprises will become. Okay, so currently we're doing podcasts and we release, We try to release them on Thursdays. Last week we didn't have one because like the last week of the month we've tended not to have one. Oh, okay. Um, but we are obviously going to have an episode this week. This is mm-hmm. be this episode. And you're saying that we won't necessarily have a full episode next week. We'll have something a little bit different? Yeah, something a little bit different. And that'll be the theme going on. You'll cool. have to wait and see next week. It'll be one so week. So does that mean the... we'd have a, a, a fresh episode every other week or every few weeks? We'll have. A, we'll still continue to do the full Adelols every uh, fortnight. I'm acting like I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know exactly yeah. what we're going to do. Yeah. But um, yeah, there'll be something a uh, little special in the in-between weeks. And that makes sense because uh, l- listenership is uh, is growing every, is, every week. That's right. And it's been amazing. And thank you so much to all the listeners and all the feedback and support we've got. Um, we never thought anyone, aside from the group of people we know... Yeah, I basically wouldn't... thought it would be my mum listening and being like, yeah. oh, yeah, a bit, a bit less swearing would be nice. <laughs> and she does say that a lot. But, you know, to her we say, you know, keep your fucking mouth shut. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Keep your fucking nothing. opinions to yourself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but um, no, she's lovely. I just met her uh, tonight, so I, I apologise for saying that. Um, but um, yeah, no, it's um, we're really appreciative of everything that we've got from all you listeners. So thank you so much. Yeah, both both positive and constructive <laughs> feedback. As Tom was finding out earlier this week, uh, yeah, a bit constructive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some constructive feedback from people. Uh, we'll say no more. Anyway, right. exciting times are ahead for us, and we look forward to just doing the best we can for, for you guys and bringing you some great South Australian stories. Sensational. Well, the beer of the episode for this episode, and this will be a full-length episode of Adelol, uh, the beer of the episode is the Swell Brewing Company Golden Ale. Uh, Sounds Swell. Swell, Swell Brewing Company. <laughs> uh, you wanted to make that joke for a while. I know. Um, so this is another... Uh, what? what is amazing about like we we're at like episode nine or ten or something like that. We've we've, we've cranked out loads of episodes mm. and we are still trying new beers from new companies that we've never tried before. That's right. Never even heard of this. Never seen this can. Yep. Looks like a bit like um you know the black and gold supermarket cans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it like totally that. does. Just the plain packaging. I think it's I think it's cool though. Yeah. So it, it's but I but I, aside but, from the Fox Hat Brewing, this is my favorite looking can that we've had. Okay, awesome. But what's crazy is that we're like having new brew um, new brewers on pretty much every week trying yeah. new beers, and it's like. Obviously, people have an appreciation for the fact that there's like shit ton of really good breweries out there in South Australia, mm. but it's like we're actually able to sample new stuff every week, and we're like, we've made 10 episodes out of that. It's not like we're going back to the same... I think we've had Prancing Pony on here twice. I've had Cooper's twice. But their beers yeah. are... Prancing Pony's beers are amazing, and Cooper's is like 
iconically South Australian, yeah, but yeah. I honestly think we're going to be able to get through loads and loads of different local operators before we even have to start doubling yep. up. Till the novelty. Well, off. well, even but even like even certain breweries, like they bringing out like they'll bring out so stuff much. for the winter and then they'll yeah. bring out stuff for the summer, and it's like the variation in product is awesome. Yeah. I reckon I reckon beers will outpace us in episodes. There'll always be a new beer to try. Cool, but, yeah. and they're doing a much better job of uh, <laughs> delivering, <laughs> delivering a quality week. product yeah. than we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so this is the Swell Golden Ale. Sounds I'll give well. The, give you the tasting notes very quickly. It's a light style ale, uh, golden oh. in color and mildly bitter with mild to moderate maltiness. Bitter, it I has hardly a, know it. It has a great floral and citrus aroma, an ideal easy drinking summer beer. It's the middle of winter. I'm wearing pajama pants. Um, no regrets. Rebels. We Let's don't play by the rules. Love cans, as I've always said. Cheers, Tom. Oh, Tom just get your cans out. Yeah, yeah. There Cheers. we go. Swell. Mm. I fucking love that. Oh, that's really crisp. That's, that's nice. really that's nice. Like that could be one of my new favorite beers. Actually, that's really from delicious. First taste. Mm. Swell, um, Swell Brewing Company from where are they from? No longer McLaren Vale, I think. It, they're from yeah, uh, Oliver's Road, McLaren Vale. There we go. Yeah, Swell Brewing Company. We thank you for your efforts. That's and if an they have a cellar beer. door, we will head down and have a, and check that out. That's all right. That's all right. Because we've got to go down and see Goodison Brewery anyway. Mm. All right, Dan. That is great. I really, that's probably one of the best beers we've tried, in my opinion. Yeah, wicked. So you give it a, a 9 out of 10 or yep, something? Yeah, 9 out of 10. Yeah, cool. I, right. I, I also like it. It's it's only 1.2 standard drinks, so it's not too gutsy. It's not a kick in the face. It is a summer beer, but uh, it doesn't taste too bad, big boy. Great. Tom, let's get into the episode. All right. This is the story of the Lightburn Zeta. No idea what that is. No idea? Hang on, hang on. Want to have on. a guess? It's a car, isn't it? Well done, mate. Well yeah. done. Yeah. Okay. I do know what this is. Okay. I have heard about this before. <laughs> okay, good. When you said Light Burns Eater, the first thing I went for was there was like a, a, a settlement that, that had to be, that was built, that, that later became Mawson Lakes. Go on. I don't know what it was called, and we'll end up doing an episode on it. Uh, don't, don't know that at all. That but when, but when you, story. but I thought that was what you, we, that's what you were talking about. But no, yeah. the, the, the light, what is it? The light burn? Light burn Zeta. Light, but it's a car, isn't it? You yeah. can, you can tell it's a car. You can tell it's a car. You this, can tell it's a from car. the name. Yeah. Okay. So this is some kind of like failed Holden side project. Uh, we'll wait and see. Okay. Hit we'll, me with We'll it. take it back to the start. Though. Hit me with it. Let me take you back to the start. Albert, <laughs> Albert Henry Light. I don't think we've had much singing on Adelol. So we far. haven't. We Aside haven't. from the intro. And, well, you know. And this will be the episode. We will have a new outro for this episode. Yeah. Oh, yes. Absolutely. We, we're going to have. This is going to be the first episode. Listen to the whole episode because it's going to be a brand new outro. I like how you're like, we haven't had much singing on Adelol. And every listener is like, yeah, let's keep it that way. <laughs> Each of the dozen listeners is saying that way. Okay. Albert Henry Lightburn was born in 1877 and he was the son of marine engineer John and Matilda Lightburn. They were both marine engineers? They were. Uh, actually, no, John was. I'm not sure about Matilda. Fishy? Oh, women didn't have jobs back then. <laughs> well, there we go. They arrived in South Australia from Liverpool, England. Accent, please, Ooh, Tom. Stephen Gerrard, Liverpool. Yeah, there we go. Oh, Liverpool, yeah. I played for Liverpool and I scored a few from a few free kicks, but... Uh, are you, are you having a go? Are you having a go at me? Why this I? has been my favourite thing about Adelol is how I can just say an area, particularly of the UK, and say, accent please, Tom, and Tom's got an accent ready to go. Yeah, I'll give, you so about, I'll give you about 10 seconds of just like a horrible, <laughs> stereotypical, uh, offensive accent, and, that's, yeah. and that, oh, you know, that's good enough. 
And they settled in Athelston. Athelston accent, please, Tom. Ooh, Athelston. Ooh, yeah, well, I don't mind Athelston. No, it's not as good as, as Liverpool. And there's no Beatles here. Not until, uh, not until Bob Francis brings him over in 64, you bastard. Albert attended fitting and turning classes at the School of Mines in 1910. The School of Mines was located on the... the con- School of Mines. School of Mines. Located it's, on the- so it's basically people learning to pretend that there's a wall in front of them. <laughs> It's the School of Mimes. Oh, School of Mimes. This is located on the corner of okay. North Terrace and Frome Road. So it's now part. It's now that UniSA building, the really okay. nice looking one with the red bricks. It's a School of Mimes. It's just where people just go in there and they're just like, that's mine, that's mine, <laughs> that's also mine. That's right. I think they call that business school now. Okay, well, <laughs> well, I mean, mining is Australia's largest business, so that makes sense. That actually, like, people that work in mining, they, all they've really learned to do, they thought they were learning to dig holes and, yep. and find what, and to mine. sell what they were fine, what they found in the holes, but actually what they were trying to do was just basically say, that's mine. That's mine. That's mine. That's, mine. that's, that's where the, the saying finders keepers comes from. It no, actually I, comes from miners keepers. Okay. So if you find it while mining, okay. you keep it. A hence the term, that's mine. Yeah, that's it. You point at something and you're like, that's mine. That's mine. Uh, I'm going to mine it. He started a business around 1921 in the backyard of his Unley home. Selling the fish? <laughs> Not quite. Uh, while running the Unley Motor Garage. From June 1932, he ran a service station uh, on his own account. And a lot of money time, in that. We've got, time, to do it. We've got to do an episode of on, about On The Run. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah, I think that could leave us open to litigation, but it's, there's so much Yeah, there. we'll be smart in how we do it. I actually have a close personal connection with one of the, the that company's Amazing. first ever employees and she still works with the company. And I've got a really funny, uh, there's a really funny news story for us to do on really? that too. Yeah. Okay. Maybe you can yep. do that one. Yep. Maybe that's something that will be reverse, one reverse Adelaide. Oh, we got to do a reverse oh, yeah. Adelaide. So by this time, um, Albert, Mr. Liverpool Albert had built up a little empire of general machining workshops in the city. Now, his son, Harold Lightburn, who will be the kind of corner of this story. Big time tuba player. Yep. What? That's a neighbor, Neighbours reference. Oh, here. we've already done lots of Neighbours <laughs> references, but uh, yes, tuba player. He was educated at Unley High School. Good high school. Started top, appre- top decked high school in the, in the state. Started an apprenticeship and uh, uh, while studying at the School of Mines at night. Obviously a big time uh, pretend wall guy as well. A what? Pretend wall. Pretending that there's a wall oh, in front of you. School. Oh, sorry, that's mines again. Sorry. Yeah. Come on, give us more Liverpool accent, Tom. I can't. Ooh, Stephen Gerrard. <laughs> I just say ooh, Stephen Gerrard, and that's that's the Liverpool accent. All right. Ooh, Ren Rooney. <laughs> ooh, School of Mines. Ren Rooney, Stephen Gerrard. School of Mines. That's mine. Uh, Only Athelston. Thomas was quite sad. That's uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's do, my. Do, my kid do, loves do. that. Yeah, that's my uh, that's my Ringo star. <laughs> Harold was one of South Australia's leading amateur boxers. Oh, I bet he was. <laughs> oh, in nine, fight you around the ears, you know. Oh, I'll box your ears, you bastard. In 1931, he won the state welter, middle, and heavyweight amateur titles. <laughs> what? <laughs> No, I was trying to figure hang out. Hang on. He's, I'm no boxing aficionado. You've got to be different weights. Yeah. So, so he's like, hang on. He won the welterweight and he was like, right. Get me I, some chips and I'm gravy. An, I'm, an incredible, uh, I'm an incredible boxer. So why don't you just get me some chips and gravy and we'll meet back here in six weeks. And he just fucking necked chips and gravy for six weeks solid. And then he came back and I was like, Jesus, you got big. He's like, don't matter, I'll still kick your ass. And he just beat the shit out of the guy. And he's like, meet me back here in another six weeks. 
And there's just another six weeks of just chips, gravy, and like pie floaters. And the guy came back in six weeks and he was like, well, Jesus, you're huge. You're, you're as big as a house. And he's like, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't matter. I still kick it ass. And he did. And then he went back down the ladder. He's like, right, middleweight to back on again. Back on to middleweight. Yeah, so I, no, like I said, no boxing aficionado. I'm not entirely sure how it works. Yeah, but, but heavyweight, um, you're either really tall and bulky as all yeah, hell or so you're a fat guy. He just put on a shitload of weight or he lost a shitload of weight. So he just like... He just went so, up through the weight classes and punched on with everyone. He's like, look, he's like, I bet you any, any money I could gain 20 kilos and still kick your ass. And they were like, no, you couldn't. He's like, I bet I would. And he oh, did. I fucking will. But I fucking will. So, yeah, I'm no boxing aficionado, but I looked up the weights, which haven't changed since this time. So, to be a welterweight, you have to be 68 kilos. And to be a heavyweight, you have to be 92 kilos. So... 24 kilos, like, difference. And it wouldn't have been... You couldn't do muscle in that time. You just would have been a fat guy. Yeah. Boxing so, away. So, basically, he was, like, an incredible boxer. Yeah. He could just and, do what he and he was like, if I gain 40 kilos, it doesn't matter. I can still beat the shit out of you. Yeah. And he did. So, he retired from the ring in the burger rings in 1932. <laughs> he retired from the burger rings. <laughs> That's why they call it the boxing rings. He's, oh, interesting, though. He, he went... I'm guessing he went well to weight. And then heavyweight, he didn't. He didn't like go the other way. No, yeah. Well, he lost a lot of weight, so he's like uh, he, he's basically like <laughs> Robert gonna... De Niro and Raging Bull. He like starts the movie just like lean, trim, yeah. Just like, and it ends the movie just like a fat sack of shit. Yeah, I think that's the way yeah. he went. Yeah. But um, he retired in 1932 after winning the Australian Amateur Welterweight Title, uh, and shortly before his marriage, in his six-year career, <laughs> he got married after becoming a fat guy. <laughs> What a legend. We, the rest of us went the other way. That's it. Exactly right. We got married as a thin man and then gained the weight. Actually, I was heavier at my wedding than I am now. So well, you you're an anomaly. I am. Um, counting calories, Tom. It's uh, a myth. you got to quit sugar. <laughs> uh, after 30 bouts, he was only defeated once. 30 bouts of pie. Yeah. 30 bouts of pie and chips. Yeah. <laughs> And nine of his 24 wins were by knockout. So he was... So he basically just belted the shit out of he people. He was an incredible boxer. Like, yeah. by, by all accounts, just and an the fact that boxer. And the fact that he was just, like, chomping down on, on like... <laughs> yeah. Chomping down on just chocolate... Like, not even just chocolate gatto, but, like, what's that, like, super decadent... Is it is red velvet? Is it is that the red velvet cake? Where where DJ what, Khaled eats. Yeah, okay. So it's just, like, he's just chomping yeah. down on, like, red velvet cake and just, like... Monster energy yeah. drinks. Yeah. And I had one of those today, by the <laughs> way. <laughs> yeah. He's chomping down on red velvet cake, monster energy drinks, and just like meat pies. Yeah. And um, he's still able to just belt still the shit out of people after after six months of eating nothing but yeah. lard, on, lard on bread. And Harold, um, he is the sort of cornerstone of our story. Um, his trainer was Charlie Red Mitchell. Charlie was born in Liverpool to parents Ooh. of Scottish descent who Mitchell. migrated here in 1876. Scottish accent, please, Tom. Scotland. you wee Scottish bastard. He attended his local primary school but left at a young age to work and pursue his love of boxing. <laughs> to work and pursue his love of eating and punching people in the face. In primary school. He left primary school to pursue a love of boxing. Well, so you're you know. a tough yeah, well, kid. You gotta, yeah, well, that's right. That's right. Right, I'll kick your ass. I'll kick your ass. I, I, I've never got time to stay, stick around on the playground and punch you in the fucking head. I've got I, to go to the canteen, eat six sausage rolls to make the welterweight <laughs> championship. I've got to go and eat six sausage rolls and then punch a cunt in the fucking head, you <laughs> bastard. 
1915, he enlisted in the AIF and spent the next four years fighting in Egypt. I don't, I don't even care if I am like overweight and at least for type 2 diabetes. I'll join the AIF and still punch a cunt in the let head. Let me in or I'll kick your asses. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying I'll threaten you till you let me in because I'm giving you the threats. In... In the in battle, he was wounded, gassed, and shell shocked, but still continued to participate in boxing. I got battles. wounded, gassed, and shell shocked. I don't even give a shit. I'll eat more and still punch in the fucking head. In twenty nine fights overseas, he only lost once. That's because I was necking a sausage roll. That's hit me. That's because I was trying to put a burger in my mouth at the time, and the gas sucker punched me from behind. He moved back to Australia, got married, had six children, set up his own boxing ring, and taught the skills. At several Adelaide I actually colleges. had 12 children, but I ate every second <laughs> child. That's got, how fucking hungry I am. That's why they call me Heavyweight Daddy. Heavyweight Daddy. <laughs> heavyweight Daddy. He's the, he's the inspiration behind Fat Bastard. <laughs> he's the inspiration. Uh, I ate a baby and win a boxing championship, <laughs> you bastard. So while training, this is where he met Harold Lightburn. Now, in addition to being an amazing boxer, Harold was an extremely ambitious man. Like one of these driven, driven guys with a grand vision. On leaving high school, he worked for you know for a while in factories making hydraulic jacks. But inspired by his father's uh, achievements, he eventually left to start his own business, the Lightburn Company at Camden Park. Okay. Okay. Don't have anything funny to say. No. Quite often, I'll, at I was, was going to leave a bit. So. I was going to. Oh, I was going to make a joke about. I was going to make a joke about hydraulic jacks, but you know, uh, yeah. we've done. We did a lot of that in the day. Jackaroo. Yeah. In 1946, he purchased 100 acres of vacant land off Morfitt Road at Camden Park. I'm just going to use this land to, to He's go, Liverpool. To, I'm just going to. Oh shit! Okay, <laughs> Liverpool. I'm just going to use this land to to. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to use this land to cultivate wheat in order to make Pop-Tarts. Everything just has to do with weight gain with him. Mm -hmm. The company's own employees cleared the land, laid down roads, and set up a factory in seven aircraft hangars. And by 1948, they were manufacturing a range of products. Pop-Tarts, pies, (laughs) sausage rolls. Over here, we got the Pop-Tart hanger. We got the sausage roll hanger. Chocolate. Chocolate hanger. You've got to have a chocolate kind of... Pie hanger, very good hanger, might I say. <laughs> and this one is sausages, which we call the banger hanger. The banger hanger. <laughs> oh. I was seeing how I could tie that joke up in the end, and I think I got there. Yeah, yeah. I like it, I like it. The banger hanger. Uh, in 1950, they had 500 employees and purchased another 66 acres of land. Uh, and the firm's you know, existing premises on West Terrace, Franklin Street, and fin- Flinders Street in the city were consolidated into their complex on Morfitt Road. Sounds, now, com- sounds complex. Yeah, very complex. Now, aside from all the food they manufactured, they <laughs> their main products included lightning brand concrete mixers, wheelbarrows, trailers, tools, wheels, hydraulic jacks. Hydraulic jacks. <laughs> That's where the name Hungry Jacks comes from. Oh. Hungry Hydraulic Jacks just didn't have the same ring to it. I just like to go to Hungry Jacks and order everything on the fucking menu. Burgering, boxering. I'll still kick your ass. <laughs> Burgering, boxering. But their main products... sting ding if you have the wicked wings. <laughs> but their main products were washing machines and spin dryers. So, Harold Lightburn, Liverpool, descendant of a Liverpool guy. We'll give yep. him a Liverpool accent anyway because it's funnier that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with the bunga hunger. He manufactures washing machines. Doing really well. 
okay. really well because uh, 1950s washing machines, housewives. Yeah, it, it was it, everyone was all about the uh, the purchasing of appliances in the 1950s, right? Yeah, so they started making domestic washing machines around 1945 and were doing extremely well. Um, because, you know, Harold had kind of grown up in this manufacturing environment. But like I said, mm-hmm. in the page. Harold was a very ambitious man and wanted more from his company than tools and washing machines. I think we need to take in more. Are you talking about staff members? I'm talking about calories. <laughs> calories, calories, car, car. Let's make a car. Mm-hmm. Um, in the early 60s, he was employing 500 people. But he dreamt of something much bigger. This is what he dreamt of. I'm talking about a pie <laughs> that you can share with six people, but I just I just eat it myself. A family pie, but I'm from a family, so you know I can. Have it's it. like a world record pizza, but only I eat it. <laughs> I'm gonna eat whatever I can at this company. He dreamt of an Adelaide manufacturing business that one day would employ thousands and make cars, helicopters, and submarines. Helicopters so they could manoeuvre the food <laughs> just, for, just, just, in, just directly into his mouth. Uh, and submarines. Do you mean the things that go into it? No, I mean the sandwiches, the big long ones. Uh, yeah, the big long ones, the, the 12 inches in my mouth. His first step on this journey was the Lightburn Zeta. Now, uh-huh. You already picked it, but as a city, we have, or should I say, had a proud reputation in automotive production with Holden. <laughs> had. had yeah. Brutal. That's... Obviously, we're going to do a Holden's episode. Oh, got to. Maybe we should go down there and interview some workers. That would that's be... fucking sad. <laughs> that's sad. Yeah, that's, yeah. I don't think there'd be many lols there. That's, like, you're going to get stabbed. Yeah, <laughs> Plus anything north of Grand Junction. I won't go there. Um, but... but... Back in the 1960s, the mullet-proof fence. There was there was a growing need for like a second car in the family. This is where people started buying second cars mm-hmm. for the mums to run about, things yep. like that. Yep, yep, yep. Harold saw this. He's like, "Oh, you need to go to the supermarket, do you? I'll provide you with something. You, <laughs> you pick me up a little. <laughs> you pick me up a little. <laughs> you pick me up a few things at the supermarket. I'll give you something to, to get yourself I, there, lad. I'll punch your fucking head. Again. Oh yeah. Mm. So there's enough room for you, one of your wee <laughs> children, and also uh, space for your uh, shopping bag, so you can bring twice as much back and drop me off with some oven-fried McCain's chips. So, in the 1960s, there was also another car manufactured here in Adelaide, Australia's first microcar, the Zeta, manufactured by Harold's Lightburn Industries. So, as stated. Harold's company had a great reputation for well-made, reliable products. Mm-hmm. Nothing exciting, though. Washing machines, wheelbarrows, yep. that kind of shit. So this is basically the Korean model of manufacturing, where they basically build cars in exactly the same way as they build fridges yeah. and washing machines, which is why their cars are fucking terrible. Yeah, I used to have a Kia. It was quite good. Mm, no, But I didn't actually own it, so Not it was yeah. like leased, and, so. and no, it wasn't. Uh, yeah, so it was getting serviced every six weeks. <laughs> Which is necessary to, well, for the, the maintenance warranty. for the maintenance and survival of a Kia. Yeah. yeah. So the Lightburn Zeta was um, manufactured from 1963 to 1965, and it was solid two years. <laughs> it was an unmitigated. The same amount of time it took it took it took the owner of the company to go from uh, heavyweight to welterweight. To heavyweight to welterweight, or welterweight to heavyweight, or you might from say his company went from heavyweight to welterweight. Yeah, so absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's quite good. Um, so. It was an unmitigated failure. Of course. The Lightburn Zeta was Harold's first empire-building step. Now, it was an extremely small, 
relatively cheap car, about 500. Could he million. even fit in the car? <laughs> in the lightweight question. days, yes, he could. Okay. Um, it was about um, about 15 grand today. Very lightweight. That's all right. Oh, lightweight, like the boxing. Oh. <laughs> this is the welterweight model. That's the welterweight model. <laughs> Uh, the Zeta strategy uh, the heavyweight was- models just as a, just as fuel efficient, but it's basically just uh, we've we've strapped a, a trailer to the back so you can just carry carry more food <laughs> to where you're going. And where you're going is my mouth. Yeah, and if you don't, I'll punch you in the mouth. Oh yeah, just I just want hot dogs delivered <laughs> to my face every moment you I can. I wonder if he was fat. I never looked up a picture of him. Well, I'm guessing. It, well, you know, yeah, it, it's harsh to make that judgment because you could get to 92 kilos, win win the heavyweight championship, and just stay 92 kilos. That's it. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm a boxer. Um, the Zeta strategy was for a simple and cost-effective engineering design, like something so easy that a white goods manufacturer would be able to produce it in large numbers. So, bu- this is the Korean model. It's the Korean yeah, model. It's like yeah. we can build this. Why can't we build that? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's like we can make amazing fridges that last and 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 outstrip their warranty. So why can't we do the same with cars? And it's like because cars have <laughs> a, a soul. More. Cars have a soul, and you you can't just. Like you can't just pull, yeah. You can't just take that approach with the. That's car. why they called it the Kia Soul. There is a model called the Kia oh, Soul. Okay. It's like a big mm-hmm. square one. Yeah. For the motorist, it would offer low maintenance cost and be cheap to run. Now, while the car certainly achieved these goals, it also unfortunately produced extremely underwhelming performance. Don't go up a hill. <laughs> yeah, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, the basic configuration was a front-wheel drive car powered by a 323cc two-stroke engine. Now, I'm not... <laughs> <laughs> it's a lawnmower. It's, it's essentially... I'm not... Um, I don't know much about cars, but I know... It's a lawnmower. I know 323cc is a small motorbike, essentially. Like, that's yeah. what you get on your learners, I think. Yeah. 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 So, uh, with a gearbox, clutch, and diff mounted beneath the engine. It had independent suspension all around... And a two-door body was made of reinforced plastic, which is something you want in a car. You want a plastic Yeah, car. yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> With windows made of perspex. Plastic was it in a bit back in the day. Mm. Do you reckon we could get one of these and have a go on it? Well, there is actually one at the um, Birdwood Museum. Yeah, we can go, well, we can go and have a look at it. But I'm talking, I want to actually take one for a drive. Maybe we say we're from... They're not going to go. We're from a podcast with approximately seven listeners. Listen here. I'm Harold Lightburn's son. <laughs> Can't you tell by the fact that I'm fat and used to punch people? Let I me, want to ride my car. Let me in That's my car. heritage. Let me in Grandad's car or punch your fucking head in. They're like, oh, it, it is him. <laughs> he talked just like him. <laughs> um, and, he is, and, and you are festively rotund. <laughs> uh, it should have been a death trap. Yeah, but it, no, it was a death trap. It, it was a death trap, but it couldn't go fast enough to be a death trap. Oh god! The company's advertised a top speed of sixty miles an hour, which is ninety k's. <laughs> uh, but it's claimed only a few ever managed to get the car up to eighty k's an hour <laughs> by going down a hill and just like yeah. putting it in neutral and just letting the wheels run oh my out. God, I've got to talk about neutral later as well. Okay, okay, okay. The two strokes lack of any muscle made even a minor uphill slope. I got plenty of muscle. You don't need it in your fucking car, love. (laughs) And steep hills were just out of the question. Salesman. Just knee. (laughs) (laughs) It's reported that salesmen were instructed not to take more than one passenger on a test drive. <laughs> Otherwise, it just wouldn't go anywhere. So if a husband and wife rocked up and said, yeah, we want to try it the car, I was like, all right, uh, you, t- you first and you second. Empty your pockets before getting in. <laughs> Take your shoes off. Brilliant. So it just wouldn't go anywhere. 
according to the reports of the very few who owned one, provided you were on level ground, kept the revs up, and were quick with the gear changes, you would be able to keep the Zeta moving at a reasonable pace. <laughs> and going downhill. And <laughs> going downhill. And, and, not a heavy, and not a former heavyweight boxer. <laughs> Around the city, the car's length, good turning circle, and ease of parking made it useful. But then again, the overall lack of engine performance lost any advantage it made. <laughs> so, so the fact that it was small, nimble, and able to be parked anywhere made it useful. The fact that it was the worst fucking car ever made it not as effective. It was just a washing machine on yeah, wheels. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> made it not as appealing as a, as a consumer product. Okay. So they just put a washing machine on wheels and off it goes. That's, That's why they call it re- reverse cycle. Oh. Uh, the design was also confusing. The rear view mirror was mounted in the center of the cardboard dashboard. It had a cardboard, had a cardboard dash. dashboard. It, it said cardboard-like dashboard, but I'm just going to say cardboard. Uh, yeah, I think that's. I think. I think we need to see one of these cars. Yes, we, we do. Okay. It's this is brilliant. Next time I'm passing through Birdwood, I'm going to take a selfie with the car. Uh, and the petrol gauge on the cardboard dashboard—that's a good band name, cardboard dashboard—was a glass tube that connected directly to a plastic petrol pipe feeding the engine. So it was just a tube. And you could actually see the petrol in the in the tube, <laughs> and it had no indication of what was full or empty. It's just like, well, there must be petrol in the car because I can physically see the petrol. <laughs> I was like, well, there's enough petrol to fill the tube on the dash, so there's enough to get me <laughs> to probably- at least the bottom of this hill because I only take it downhill. I never go uphill. Get- I get someone to tow me to the top of the hill. Do my shopping and then I just ride back down again. I can get the Hungry Jacks. I can get the Hungry Jacks. All you need. I can't get back because I eat so much while I'm there. <laughs> Empty is you can get to the Hungry Jacks around the corner. This is fascinating. For a man oh. who dedicated his life to getting heavier and heavier, you'd think he would understand that you need to build a car that's like powerful <laughs> that's enough to get you up a hill. Yeah, that's right. So, as Wheels Magazine Road Test put it. The fuel meter read anywhere from full to empty, depending on gradient, throttle, and Greenwich Mean Time. Just saying. <laughs> it was Wheels Magazine with the burn, by the way. Um, essentially useless. Like, you could never tell how much fuel was in the car. Brilliant. Sounds like such a well-built product. <laughs> Where do I put the, the powder for the rinse cycle? Like, <laughs> where does that go? Oh, there's not enough energy to, to actually clean dishes with this. Entry was only from the front doors. <laughs> Made sense. As I only enter from the front, so you can only enter from the front. That way, no one's going to. My wife's punch quite me. frigid like that, actually. <laughs> including no backdoor entries from me, lad. <laughs> including the wagon space behind the seats, but the seats could be removed if you wanted to put luggage in the back. So, if you wanted to put luggage something... being an empty cardboard box. <laughs> If you wanted to fit the food, you would have to. <laughs> if you wanted to put food in the back, you would have to. I'm taking it from the start. You would have to take off the doors, take out the front seat, yeah. take out the back seat, put your food in the back, put in the back seat, push, it, front push seat. it down the hill, walk to the bottom of the hill, get back in it, and park it in your driveway. And reattach the doors. So, surprisingly, this really didn't catch what on a piece with Adelaide. Of shit. Oh, oh. Hang on though, but was their vision like today Adelaide, tomorrow the world? Yeah, it was like okay. There's so many great commercials. Like the marketing was really great. It's like it looks. Everyone said it was an ugly car. I think it looks like a really cool car. 
Yeah. Especially the sports model, which I'll get to later. <laughs> the sports, sports model. model. <laughs> it's, a sports model. <laughs> it's got like an extra 4cc. <laughs> it's amazing. Okay. But the most confusing thing about the car, because it hasn't been confusing enough with its cardboard dashboard, was the gearbox. Now... It, it was, was literally a, like the gears of a bicycle. <laughs> you had to like click click some buttons. <laughs> it was a four speed forward with no reverse. No reverse! No. You had to get out and push it. <laughs> there was a reverse, but I'll get to that. <laughs> but generally there was no reverse, but oh god, this is so fun. <gasps> Neutral was somewhere between first and second gears. So what? Me- <laughs> like a motorbike? To, to get to new- yeah, kind of. Yeah, 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 to get yeah. to neutral, first, you know how on a motorbike you click one up. Yeah, 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 so yeah. You, to neutral, you had to go one up first, and so then yeah, okay, pull so the lever like down for each other, yeah, like a motorbike. Yeah. So, but finding neutral meant jiggling delicately with the lever until the green light came. You on. got the jiggle delicately. <laughs> That's not fucking. Delicately. I've been jiggling delicately since I won the welterweight championship. I get, I take my top off and all you see is my tits jiggling gently, jiggling ceremoniously, ceremoniously. Come jiggle with me in the ring. <laughs> they call me the ring jiggler. The ring jiggler. <laughs> so, reports from people who owned this car online said this took... Any- who fucking owned this car? <laughs> Not many people and I'll get it's to like, that. It's like <laughs> the, the, the same amount of people that listen to Adelol. <laughs> the total ownership Actually, numbers for this numbers vehicle. really close to that. <laughs> Which, um, uh, so, uh, <laughs> so, so reports of people who did own this car said to get in a neutral, this took anywhere up to three or four minutes. Three or four <laughs> minutes! <laughs> Alright, I want people to be able to find neutral, but it shouldn't take longer than it takes me to finish a double quarter pounder with cheese. That's what I call my fist, double quarter pounders. I call it my fist a double quarter. But I'm just saying they. <laughs> If if it only takes me three to four minutes to to, to finish off a one kilogram block of Cadbury, <laughs> why should it take you any longer to get into neutral? Something is wrong with you. Nothing is wrong with the car. It's you. The car's outstanding. <laughs> and that's I don't drive it because I'm morbidly obese. <laughs> and that's what he said. The marketing for the car. Now Harold was a marketing genius. Okay. Well, Actually, I look back on the marketing and it was really good. Okay. Um, the marketing for the car was extensive and also hilarious. Oh, sorry, I didn't get to backwards. So, to travel in reverse in the car, this is the funniest bit. Yeah. Travel in reverse in the car, you had to switch the engine off. Turn it back <laughs> this on is it. already great. Turn it to back. move the car in, in any direction, you've got to <laughs> first switch it off, then switch it back on again. And then you could restart the engine backwards, which then provided the same gears... But in reverse, in, in theory, the car could have gone just what? as fast backwards as it went forwards. So it was exactly the same forwards as it was backwards. So Pete, you, could piece just, of shit. you could travel at 80 k's backwards. Some say that's actually safer. I think it is because there's no back doors. You can't fly out the doors, can you? And we don't do back doors in this, con- this company. The marketing for the car was extensive and hilarious, including one bit of coffee that counted the advantages of your kids sleeping in the rear cargo area. Your kids aren't going to be able to sleep <laughs> in the rear cargo area. <laughs> no, and they're not going to be safe. They're per- I'm, I'm just going to do it in Harold's voice because I imagine he wrote this. They're perfectly safe too. They can't fall from the rear windows or doors. doesn't mention in this fact the windows don't open and there's no back doors. How <laughs> <laughs> do you even get them in? <laughs> you have to remove the seats. <laughs> 
So he's saying they're safe because they can't fall out the I like door. To my, like, I like to rock my kids to sleep, even though if it takes me 20 minutes. Then I take a further 20 minutes to dismantle the entire fucking car. Then I put the kid in the car. Then I take a further 20 minutes to put the fucking doors back on. Then I put it in the reverse, get it out of the driveway. Then I switch it back off put it in forward and then I can get to my destination about three hours later. <laughs> Obviously, would have been would have been two and a half hours but I stopped on the way to get some KFC. <laughs> uh, so, because of complaints regarding the lack of power, a two-seater... Or, or, or features, <laughs> or, not just the lack of power but like a lack of features that would endear any consumer <laughs> to a product yeah. ever. It's such a fucking piece of shit. It's basically a Fisher Price car <laughs> with a with a with a lawnmower engine. Yeah, yeah. It's a wash. It's a washing machine engine. That's essentially what they've done. Because washing machine. But it's a washing machine. <laughs> it's like a washing machine with wheels. Yeah, that's it. And, and a window panel. So, because of complaints of lack of power, they released a sports model in 1964. <laughs> this car. Same had... year that the Beatles came to Adelaide. Just for go. just for the listeners. There we go. Yeah. Oh, they're from Liverpool. Yeah, hometown lads. Oh, Take a ride in, in the Zeta. Take a ride in the Zeta. In honour of the arrival of the hometown lads. <laughs> Steve Gerrard. In, in honour of the arrival of the hometown lads, we're going to release a sports model. An extra 7cc of power. <laughs> the fibreglass body car weighed only 400 kilograms. It had no doors. Which is only which is only seven kilograms more than, um, than, the, than the owner of the company. <laughs> it had no doors. No bumper bars. So in order to reduce the weight, they just re- removed a whole bunch of features and there weren't any... Big it's a sports model. It's extra. It costs more, but it has less. <laughs> and it was fitted... Because it, it needs to have less to actually go faster because it's the same engine. <laughs> it was fitted with a 498cc two-cylinder engine. Uh, One extra cylinder. <laughs> producing 21 horsepower. Four... A sports model. 21 horsepower. That's a sports model. I don't know it's much a about... Fucking go-kart. Yeah, it's a go-kart. It's a go-kart. Um, like I was saying, same, same number of listeners as Adelow. Only 48 were produced. Oh, my God. Yeah, 21 so... horsepower. Yeah, 21 horsepower. Is so just power. to put that in perspective, a, a Mitsubishi Mirage, which is like the most underpowered piece of shit hatchback car in, in imagination, yeah. has about 60 horsepower. Okay, so wow, that's three times as powerful. As, yeah. Okay, that's... Yeah. Hello. And I don't know if you've ever driven a Mitsubishi Mirage, but it's not. like one of the old school Mitsubishi Mirages with the where it says Mirage across the back the back mm. window, and it's like it's like driving a lawnmower <laughs> up a hill. It's it's horrible, and it's like, that was three times as powerful as this. It's like a Zeta, but Harold persisted. Like we said, he was an extremely driven man with a grand vision for the Zeta. Okay, to further market and showcase the Zeta's reliability to Australia. <laughs> In 1964, Harold Lightburn entered three Zetas in the Ampol Around Australia Endurance Trial of 7,000 miles throughout rural Australia. This is 11,000 kilometres. Like, cars made today would have trouble. It would have taken six months! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, pardon me, that's just... Oh, sorry. I I I just left the drive through at McDonald's. Now, enter these cars in a race. 11,000 kilometres. How many fish and chip shops you got along the way? <laughs> I'll enter them into this weight range and I'll enter them into the next weight range and I'll still kick your fucking ass. <laughs> the Zeta was by far 
by far the cheapest and least powerful car in the fleet. And by far the slowest. And in addition to this, two of the three Zeta drivers had never competed in any sort of rally or race previously. Doesn't matter because they're not actually driving a car anyway. <laughs> they're they're basically dri- yeah, they're driving a, a washing machine powered <laughs> shopping trolley around Australia. Uh, needless to say, private bets against the Zeta team finishing were very few. They had to go through the Blue Mountains, two foot deep mud, over razor sharp rocks and wind through narrow dirt roads and essentially drive all night for some stages. Two drivers were disqualified early for missing checkpoints, but <laughs> continued the rally for fun. So We uh, went, sl- went slightly off track just to get something to eat, and it took us six days to get back onto the course, and Could've... they disqualified us, the bastards. Couldn't find neutral. <laughs> First of all, couldn't find the nearest subway. Turns off we'd start. <laughs> turns off we switched it into reverse when we actually started, and we we just basically went eighty k's in the wrong direction. Eighty k's an hour in the wrong direction well, we for three were days. Flying. That's how we won. <laughs> we thought we, we crossed the we crossed, <laughs> we crossed the finish first, line just the wrong way. <laughs> so, uh, two of the drivers missed the checkpoints, but continued the rally for fun. <laughs> What's the, what the fuck is that? <laughs> It's like, oh, I've lost. Well, I'll keep going for fun. It's well, like, you're not getting paid for this. It's point where it's like, well, we may as well finish it anyway. Like, well, a lot of cars well, did you know. that. Like, you had to make... We've come so far, we might as well. It's like, you're not getting paid for this, mate. Yeah. Go home. It's like, no, no, I'm having, I'm having fun. I'm having fun. <laughs> no, fun. you're not. You're driving a car that's 20 horsepower and is <laughs> actually, like, the, like, one of the wheels is just wobbling as you go because it's so underpowered and horrible. Oh, my God. So, um, but the thing is, like... I, there's a video of this and it's really interesting but um, it's not it's no, fucking hilarious it's hilarious <laughs> but they had to make certain like in the beginning of the rally you had to make like this distance in three hours then the next one was like next distance you had to make in two two hours and 50 minutes and so on and so on <laughs> it's not gonna make any so, distance you su- might as well just ridden a bicycle that's right surprisingly amazingly all three of the Zetas finished the course but even more surprisingly, one officially made all the checkpoints on time. <laughs> what? What? Driven by Eric, eleven thousand k's. Like uh, through he, like, he must through have rural he, he must have been a welterweight. He, he, he must have weighed like seven kilos just to just to keep <laughs> the woo. Just to, just to keep going at that speed. Uh, driven by Eric. How did he get up the hills? Polgreen, I don't know. Eric Polgreen drove the Lightburn Zeta and finished dead last. But he finished a race where many others couldn't. And this includes like Mercedes Benz, Rolls Royce, Renault. Like, it's insane how all these cars. Hey, did they ever make a film about this? Uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a 20 minute documentary on YouTube. Just look up 1964 Zeta. And, um, yeah, cool. but they should make an actual feature length film. Oh, that would be amazing. But like, make it like, it's a, like, like a sports film like Mighty Ducks or, um, <laughs> or like, you know, uh, Any the, Given Sunday. The Mighty Zetas. Yeah, or like Miracle, or like one of those really like. Like forty two, one of those like supremely like yeah. inspirational uh, field of dreams. You know, like one of the, one of those like sports movies that just like makes like melts your heart and just makes you like, oh, that's that's really that's really okay. touching. But it's about a guy <laughs> finishing a race <laughs> in like a twenty horsepower, <laughs> like uh, uh, yeah, Zeta, just it. getting around Australia in uh, and reaching all the checkpoints. And it's like, I don't think he could do it. It's like <laughs> he'll do it. Who, like, would play, do, 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 who would play Harold? Oh, it's got to be like, well, he only, I'm assuming. It could be Harold from Neighbours. I'm, well, I'm assuming he, oh, he only weighed like 10 kilos, so it's got to be like an actual no, certified midget. Guy. 
Who would be like Harold, the owner of the company? Oh, <laughs> oh, the, oh Harold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll just get Harold from Neighbours because yeah, okay, he's fun. also he's called Harold and he's a fat guy <laughs> and he looks like kind of like an ex-boxer. Yeah, he does kind of. Doesn't he? <laughs> gave Madge a, what's for? <laughs> had a, the had old, a couple of rounds. He of gave Cody. Madge the old left-right good night. <laughs> That's how she died on the show. It's a terrible turn of events. I had to write a different story, obviously, because it didn't go down too well with viewers. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Uh, so. The lowest priced, least powerful car showed it could take on the challenge that cars two and three times its price could not. Despite this courageous <laughs> challenge of being like <laughs> underwhelmingly shit. It finished dead last Success. Like, like, after this on all their marketing material. It's like, like the map of where finished. it went. It's like, not just like this we car finished. we finished. The co- they don't mention they finished dead last. It's like, oh yeah, competed in the rally. And yeah, finished. that's yeah. their selling point. We, we finished. finished. We made it this far. We made it. To the, to the finish line. So despite this courageous run and the publicity so they good. gained from it, sales failed to lift. Because well, right it's a fucking washing machine with wheels. I like, in my mind, I'm picturing, honestly, a washing machine and like someone's broken the door off and they're sitting in it like it's a car, like it's like it's on its side and they've just put like wheels, but it's the wheels off of like, off of a lawnmower. So I'm imagining a washing machine on its side with four like lawnmower wheels and they've just been like, they've just put a drill bit in the side and put the wheels through and as axles. Yeah. (laughs) And they're just sitting there and they're like, and they've, they've basically like, instead of like the, instead of having the door open on the side, they've made it so the door opens at the, like downwards. (laughs) So that's the window. Yeah. And they're just wearing like leather, leather goggles and they're just like. Me and just, dri- <laughs> just like driving down the street. Here comes the spin, <laughs> and on the front it's just like you know, uh, like a horrible uh, personalized number plate that's just like hot pink, and it's just like Speed Demon, but it's like S P D D M N. Speedy Suds, that's what they call it. Speedy Suds. <laughs> uh, with all its weirdness uh, of design and lack of any engine power whatsoever any, of any features that would be desirable to someone buying a product <laughs> yeah go on the vehicle's eventual success or lack thereof was also <laughs> thwarted by disastrous timing uh. now it was marketed as australia's second car at the time <laughs> <laughs> australia's second shittest car the first one being like an actual toy car oh god <laughs> It was marketed as Australia's second car at a time when families were starting to buy more than one car. However, other manufacturers had also identified this need in the market. And around the same time, the Morris Mini was released at only £60. Which was an actual car, (laughs) just just so we know. It it wasn't a washing machine. We we know what a Morris Mini is, and it became a cult car. um, And actually drove really, really well. So, having a look around the internet... The final sales figures vary, but I believe only 363 Zeta bodies were ever produced at the factory, and only 283 completed cars made it to the showroom floor uh, from 1963 to 1966. According to a sign at the National Motor Museum in Birdwood, only 48 of the sports model were ever produced, and there was also... (laughs) Sports model was so good! This is even better. There was a ute model... Which was the rarest. No. Model. Yeah, there was a... No. Model. Imagine a tradie rocking up in that. Too. Oh, like, my you know God. I think I'm good. I don't need any painting, thanks. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, do you want to... It's a, I can do everything I need to do with this ute model. Uh, what about transporting a ladder? <laughs> oh, yeah, didn't think about that. I can, I can wash your undies, though. 
Let me just step out. <laughs> take the back seat out, take the doors off, take the front yeah. seat out, find neutral. Get my kid out the back. Put it in reverse. <laughs> oh, God. So there were eight ute models produced. Um, most were purchased by Sydney City Council's Hyde Park fleet. <laughs> For a piss take. <laughs> it's like, hey, everyone, look what the backwards idiots in Adelaide have bought. <laughs> <laughs> look what they designed, the fucking idiots. <laughs> Piss take flight. <laughs> it's just people in Sydney just point and laugh. People in Sydney it's for like, the Mardi Gras. It's just, like, <laughs> it's just, it's actually, it's actually just, just to give people something to smile about. It's like, hey, um, you got any of the sports models left? No, we don't have to those. Um, okay, and the guys in Sydney are like, oh, we get to make something funny. Yeah? <laughs> could, could you make a Ute Harold? He's like, I'll give it my best shot. How many are you looking at ordering? We'd need, we'd need minimum numbers to actually put something like that together. Um, we could probably, we. We we probably get the money together for six. Aye, we can do that. Uh, so today, Adelaide's own. How do you like to pay for that? Our options are be pay, uh, check, money order, or just you can just pay with pies. <laughs> and actually, be pay stands for burger. So the beam <laughs> stands for burger. So you can pay with burgers. Money, food, food's my currency. <laughs> and if you don't pay me, I'll box your head in. So, today's Adelaide's own Lightburn Zeta is considered one of the most eccentric Australian vehicles, with the very few remaining worth quite a bit of money. Looking back at it all in 1994, Harold stated, I'll do the voice, with a little help, instead of so much opposition, the Zeta could have enjoyed an ongoing success story. No, it couldn't (laughs) have. That's fucking delusional and stupid. People didn't want it because it was shit and couldn't fulfil their needs. Like, don't put... Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to defend, like the essential principles of capitalism. But don't make a product that's shit, and, and then, and right. then, and then claim that like people didn't support it, and they're the ones with the problem. Yep. Like you're making a product that's fucking garbage. Nobody wants to buy your car. <laughs> that's not that's that's your problem. That's, that's not it. the consumer's fault. That's, that's like right. that's not our fault. Heed our words, advertiser. (laughs) (laughs) With a little help instead of so much opposition, the the Zeta could have enjoyed an ongoing success story. No, it couldn't have. It was an awful product. Maybe Do something else. Maybe Zeta was just too soon. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. That's the story of the Lightburn Zeta. That's amazing. It's a great story. It's really good. I love it. I love it. And I honestly think um, there's, there's, there's a... There's a sports movie in there somewhere. Let's the, crowdfund this. Yes, just crowdfund a sports movie where we basically tell the the, the story of the Zeta traveling around Australia, driven by a uh, a, a fly by the seat of the pants rally driver who makes every checkpoint despite the fact that he's actually driving a washing machine with wheels. Yeah. <laughs> and look, this rally actually didn't look too tough because they show the first cars finishing the checkpoints like really easily and they're like having barbecues and beers and things like, like, that. <laughs> like watching all the other <laughs> shitty cars roll through. And he's just like, I made the checkpoint. Here comes Eric, time to wash our pants. Yeah, so good, so good. It's like the world's fastest Indian, but like less inspirational. Much less. Good story, good ad Brilliant times and uh, swell beer. Thanks, swell, uh, swell golden ale. Really nice. I polished off the whole can. It was great. Yeah, it was good and tastes uh, pretty swell. And uh, have a listen now for the, uh, the brand the, new, the brand new Adelaide outro. I'll get my singing voice ready. Here it goes. You ready? 
<coughs> we hope you all had a lol, a dad a lol.